This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you're listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Oh my God. I am drowning in work right now. I am on my fourth day of 18-hour days with no end in sight. And these are good problems. They're all problems that I asked for, but I can't outsource any of it because it's all writing stuff. Everything on deadline. Everybody's decided they want everything all at once. I outsource the other stuff. All the stuff with Don't Waste Your Pretty, I turned that over to my manager and my publicist. Like I was on all the emails. I was like, take me off everything. Y'all know me. I've had the same manager since 2011. She knows me. She knows what I'll yay and nay. After the last drop of Don't Waste Your Pretty and the whole thing sold out in four hours, I was like, I can't and turned everything over to my production manager. I was like, manage all of it. Run free. Which (laughs) I still got to check on that one. We sit around and play with colors for the merch. I'll be like, try a red on red or a red on white or a pink on red. And she'll show up with all sorts of colors. Like she came back with like neon pink one time. I was like, we, we didn't discuss neons. And she was like, but we should. And then we got into an argument. I mean, not a real argument, but still. Whether we should do neons or nudes. And then we had to vote on it. It's a thing. But I've turned all of that over to her. Hopefully she doesn't become the creative director for Boomerang or y'all going to see some weird shit. And I'm just going to be like, I mean, what you want me to do? (laughs) Oh, I'm so tired. I'm having like a whole Kanye West empty bottles of no dose type life. And I was like, why am I doing this again? Kanye did it for the glory. I was venting on my Facebook page and I was like, why am I doing this? (laughs) And my friend was like, it ain't for a fucking rad four. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> RAV4s are perfectly acceptable cars. I don't want to slander RAV4s. But every time I see one, I think about that Kanye line. I think the same thing about Chrysler 300s. Every time I see a Chrysler 300, I think about Cat Williams. I was like, could the companies have sued them? Because I'm sure they messed up good sales. And there's so much to discuss this week. Some of it good. The best man is coming back to us in the form of a limited TV series with the entire cast. Although, what happens to Mia? Because she died in the last film. But she's a part of the franchise and I want her to get a check. They might just need to have ghost Mia. Or they can just pretend she didn't die. I'll be fine with the whole thing. I love those characters. I'll kind of watch them do anything. The Gorilla Glue Girl, who's actually a 40-year-old woman. I swore I wasn't going to talk about this. She got the glue out her head. A black surgeon in L.A. was able to assist her for free and save her hair. There was some question about whether she would have to shave her head. I saw some video on TMZ and she was able to retain a healthy amount of hair. Somebody asked her if she was done with experimenting with her hair. And she was like, I'm going to put a ponytail in. And I was like, ma'am, you need to leave your hair alone. You need to go full Prince Akeem. Stick to juices and berries. Juices and berries. After this ordeal, that should be all for you, ma'am. But good for her hair. I actually talk about that next week. Because that, that situation brought up a lot of black people culture stuff. A lot of stuff around black women and their hair. So I actually do want to talk about that a little more. But not this week. And ain't shit news this week. I don't watch Married at First Sight. It's one of my mom's favorite shows. She loves that show. I have a set list of things that I watch. And like I said, I'm in, I'm in adult hell week right now. So I haven't been able to watch much TV at all. Haven't seen the new All-American. Was all excited to get the screener for Judas and the Black Messiah. Ain't been able to watch the screener. They sent a note telling me they were going to extend my screener because I hadn't watched it yet. And I was like, I, I don't know when I will. It comes out tomorrow. I don't know if I'll have a chance to watch it then. Hopefully. 
the people I know who've seen it have been giving it rave reviews. So I expect it to be good, but I want to see it for myself. I just don't have the time right now. But Married at First Sight, people keep tagging me about what's going on on this show. Apparently one of the guys is just complete not shit. I don't know all the details. I might have to have John or or L. Michael Gibson come on and explain what's going on in the world to me because I'm drowning right now. But from what I can gather, from what I'm being tagged in, one of the husbands on Married at First Sight, which means he's married to a stranger, but legally married nonetheless, he just found out his ex-fiance is pregnant. I saw a 30-second clip where he was talking to the other couples with his wife sitting next to him. And he says, you know, I just found out that my fiance is pregnant. (laughs) And one of the white women on the show, she says, is it yours? (laughs) And her husband leaned over and was like, stop, stop. I think the husband thought he was going to have to like fight to defend his wife's crazy. But the black dude was like, her asking that was so offensive to me. And I was like, shit, it's a valid question. Is your ex fiance? I don't know why the wedding got called off. Maybe he shared that in the show. But just as somebody who's casually watching the clip, I thought it was valid. I thought, you know, blessed are those that ask the questions, ma'am. But he didn't feel blessed by that. So at some point when I come up for air, I'll figure out what's going on on that show. Because I was like, this sounds ridiculous. Do I want to talk about The Bachelor? No. What I want to talk about is today's episode. Valentine's Day is in two days. And so I wanted to give myself and you a treat. For the last couple episodes, I've been talking about black men who read nonstop. So I reached out to the gentleman and their producer, LaVon, and I said, hey, would it be possible maybe to have a reading on Ratchet and Respectable? Do you think maybe we could work that out? I had to figure out the logistics of that and then figure out how to get the sound right. Sometimes I just call my friends and and we'll have the audio on the phone, but it's not as crisp as I like. So we had to get some crisp audio for these bearded black men who are going to read to us today. I'm very happy to have them on the show. And I'm also really happy to have Omar Wilson. He's going to stop through to serenade us later in the episode. If you're not familiar with Omar Wilson, I wasn't either until maybe a month or so ago. Scrolling on Facebook, I guess, and I saw a video for Secret Garden. And I was like, er, this is not my Secret Garden. What is this? I saw Raheem Devon and Sean Stockman and Cisco. And some man I never heard of were on that song, a sacred song. And I was like, no one asked for this, but I love Raheem Devon. So I was like, well, let me give it a shot. So Raheem does the first verse and, you know, Raheem Raheem's. He does what he does and he does it so beautifully. And the second verse is this man I never heard of. He opened his mouth and this growl came out. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. So that growl came from Omar Wilson and Secret Garden is actually his song. But he's going to explain all of that. When we speak to him later, and then he'll serenade us afterward. I'm talking too much. Y'all don't want to hear my voice. Y'all want to hear the men. Let's welcome the gentlemen from Bearded Black Men Who Read and their producer, LaVon, to Ratchet and Respectable. I'm very happy to have all six of you on the podcast today. Would you mind introducing yourself to the listeners? My name is Theo, and I'm black, and I'm bearded, and I love it. My name is Darian. I am a 29-year-old curious Gemini, living my ancestors' wildest dreams and being every colonizer's worst nightmare. My name is Josh Odom. I'm 25. I'm a May Gemini, and I'm a proponent of radical softness. My name is Veronzo. I am a full-time nerd, a part-time pretty boy, and a seasonal superhero, left-handed, and a dad. I'm an artist. Hi. My name is Ruckus. I'm a musician. I'm a writer. Most of all, I'm a storyteller, voice of the voiceless. Can you tell me how Bearded Black Men Who Read got its start? Where did this idea come from? The idea started with Black Love. So um, Josh is one of our incredible bearded Black men, and he and one of our muses, Gabrielle, and they actually engaged in reading to each other as a love language. And it was really, really healing for Gabrielle. And not in the like, oh, you my man, this is amazing kind of way, but like, I'm feeling this at a cellular level. And so in a recent conversation, Gabrielle encouraged Josh, like, hey, you should really do this again. And so Clubhouse is clubhousing. And 
he decided to go live on December 15th. And it was maybe 10 or 20 folks for the first couple of weeks, but word got out and we're realizing this sacred space is having impact. And so we're just excited. Josh, could you speak a little bit to what inspired you? Gabrielle was definitely the muse, was reading um, my grandmother's hands, actually, and just kind of realized that this was a great way to not only build intimacy, but to also connect in a time in which we did not have that much ability to be close with each other in a whole panoramic. We just got on Clubhouse one day and titled the room Bearded Black Men Reading to You Before Bed. And eventually folks started to trickle in. The room started going from five to 10 to 20. And that is where I met uh, these beautiful good brothers, uh, Darian, Lorenzo, Theo, and Ruckus. And then uh, after the room started to grow, um, Pastor Levon especially requested of uh, some Pablo Neruda. And that's where things started to take off. She started sending us some 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 credits and some notes to add into our transitions, getting it tighter. And then it just grew from there. That's crazy to me because it seems like you all have been working together for years. Like you seem like you're fast friends from back in the day. We've never met in person before. I curated a Zoom for the fellas to log on. And can I tell you just how much glee it brought me to watch them see each other (laughs) for the first time? It was so cute. Does anybody else want to chime in here about the first meeting? Yes. um, This is Veronzo. I just saw the room one day. I'm like, I have a junior beard, you know. Um, It's a beard in training, but it's a beard nonetheless. All beards matter here. So the first time I came in, I sat, well, sat, I just listened. And then I was just cool. Then somebody came in, I'm like, well, let me see if I can read. I like to read. I like my voice. Um, so I got in there. I read one thing. Josh had some emergency and he like, he just left. And I'm, so I there I am now by myself with all these people like, uh, I'm going to just keep the train going then, I guess. I was so nervous. I know you can't tell, but I do have some level of stage fright. And then me and Josh got, um, we linked that way. And then the next time it was more, and then it was more. And then, as we said, this snowball's rolling, this thing is thinking. And here we are now on the pot. I'm about to cry. Let me go. Oh. <laughs> Darian or Theo, do either one of you, or Ruckus, would you like to weigh in um, on how you got involved in this? I still remember the the night when it popped up on my notifications and joined Josh on stage, I think it was for the pilot episode, quote unquote. And it was just like, I'm I'm a black man. I have a beard. Books are a thing that I love. I'm in this thing. It was such a fun moment. Um, Josh and I had not met at that point, like he said, and then getting to meet all the other brothers since then, it has constantly just been feeling each other's energy, listening to each other read, getting excited about each other reading and hyping each other up and just wanting to see the other brother read a thing. Like It has been so much joy in a time when joy is revolutionary, when joy is powerful. Um, so I I feel like that, if anything, is the the thing that continues to to make us feel so close, even though we haven't met in person is the joy that we've both been feeling with each other, as well as the joy, at least from a personal perspective, that I've been feeling with these brothers. And then the joy that we're also creating has been uh, indescribable. I love it so much. What has the reaction been like from the readership so far? I guess I'm trying to figure out what was the moment when you realized, like, I think we might be on to something. Can I can I jump in on that one? So, because I think that the moment that I realized that we might be onto something is when the responses were not just like, uh, "Oh, we love your voices," or "Oh, these are some you know bearded black men," or "Oh, they're handsome." It wasn't about any of that. We were hearing comments from people like they're receiving healing. We were hearing comments from people that this had touched them or that. This this had a different gave them a different impression of how black men could be like this was a way to interact with black men that wasn't harmful, that wasn't uh, toxic, that wasn't full of the stereotypes that that we see and they hear about that 
you know, that have some substance to them. And so to be in a safe space or to what these a lot of these people feel are safe space in both men and women, I think that that was like, a okay, this is bigger than just, you know, some ASMR, oh, this sounds sexy kind of thing. This is this is something that's really touching people. It's sacred. We call it sacred space. Because the moment for me was when I saw a white woman on stage and I felt some kind of way. And then I saw this white woman tweet about how this room was great self-care. But for me, I was feeling deep ancestral healing. Like when these brothers read to me, I cry. When they say, I love you, I weep. When they say you're worthy, I wail because I need to hear that, particularly from Black men. And so I realized that for Black women and femmes and other uh, Black and brown marginalized folks, that this was not just a cute little thing to do on Sunday or Thursday, but this is actually deep, deep intergenerational and collective healing. Like I feel it, but I don't have the words to put it together to understand exactly what it is. But like on a very like spiritual level, it works. What are the rules for the room? For us, it's it's kind of like we we want the room to stay protected. We want the room to stay sacred. So, you know, no recording. Um, there's, you know, if somebody has a request, they got to request one. Uh, we only allow seven people on stage so that everybody gets a chance to speak and or everybody gets a chance to, um, you know, to give a request. I believe the other rules are more so, you know, being respectful of and cautious of everybody's space. But on, on the back end, our personal rules are more more so centered as into let's keep uh, a protective mindset about this space. To kind of add on to that, I would say that part of creating a sacred space for uh, Black and Indigenous people of color is also just the idea of inclusive, kind of having an inclusive room, the idea of, you know, womanism and the principles around womanism and kind of centering centering communities within the Black and uh, Indigenous people of color that don't necessarily have that many spaces to express themselves, to share things, to to feel to feel safe. And so although you know we have some formal rules that are around, you know, how many people are on stage or, you know, not recording and all of that, I think some of the more uh important things that we consider are, you know, the kinds of pieces that we're reading, you know, we we're constantly I guess what I'm trying to say is we're constantly evolving and thinking about, okay, how can we make this space more intentional? How can we make sure that people feel safe? So is it safe to read certain artists, you know, if, if reading those artists is going to create kind of have an impact on certain people that's not positive, that, that makes them feel unsafe? What won't you read? No R. Kelly. Okay. I figured. Anybody else? We were requested to read some Chris Brown. We said no. We were requested to read uh, some Trey songs. Said no. Um, it's one of those things, at least in in my head, where it's like I we're, we're constantly just paying attention to like what we who who would make the the people in our in our space feel unsafe. Also, just being very cognizant of who of like what is happening like in our culture and responding to that and making sure that that doesn't bleed over into the space that we're creating. Is there a regular request or something that comes up that you're surprised by? I know when I ask the readers to, to make requests for this podcast, Song of Solomon, chapter four, I want to say verses one through 16, it came up like at least four times. And I was like, really, a lot of people really like Songs of Solomon. Who knew? We've read that one on the show probably at least three times. Yeah. Really? Interesting. Is there anything I mean, else that keeps coming up? Um, sorry, what I was gonna say on on Song of Solomon, um I, I I believe people really enjoy hearing black men read on and period. And it is somewhat soothing. And there are parts of Songs of Solomon um that are very um intimate if you if you will um so hearing someone like you know ruckus um <laughs> ruckus read 
<laughs> Sorry. Um, read that. Like I, you know, it's so um, it's so it's so beautiful to me. Like things like that. And what surprised me the first time was when someone wanted to just hear "I love you" um, or "You're worthy," um, and then there was the reaction to that. And uh, another rule we have that we it's unspoken, but we know when to let a piece, a poem, a prose, um, a vibe just breathe and give it time to kind of marinate um, in there. There's been, um, I just read a letter a dad wrote to his daughter. And as a father myself, um, I I didn't cry, but my eyes did kind of sweat a little bit. Um, so yeah, so I think the, the Bible verses don't surprise me because it is rich. Um, and then, but I think the rounds of I love you, you're worthy, didn't so much surprise me as as they did remind me that people don't really hear this enough um, from themselves or from any um, outside source. I know that um, sometimes you read cake recipes or baking recipes. <laughs> so that's definitely Odarian. That's Darian's purview. Darian. I want Darian to respond to this so bad, but I want to say Darian, as I told him, Darian makes food want to be eaten. Like if there was a food on the edge of your pan and it didn't want to go in to be cooked, call Darian because Darian could talk food into being cooked. He could talk a herd of animals into, you understand? Like he can, he just has a way and we're hoping, I'm hoping, I'm praying, I'm ready for the food network to turn on the food network at about 10 45 PM and there's Darian's voice on there as someone is making de- de- dessert or whatever drizzle. So wait, so, so so then would you say Darian's the food whisperer? I I, I prefer sensual sous chef. Ooh. <laughs> the recipes have been have brought me so much like childlike joy to to read those and to to get into those especially and and for me i mean y'all know this uh it doesn't matter if it's demon time or not those recipes are always demon time Demetria, i i love like i love everything that the brothers do the recipes are probably my favorite thing if i'm being like 100 percent honest they're probably my favorite thing but from my observation i think that outside looking in that People really love the recipes. People really love the stuff, the stuff like uh, Song of Solomon. And people love the love poems and things like that, because I think that there's this stereotype that black men can't express intimacy, can't express love to each other, can't express love and can't, can't show passion for cooking, that those things are not stereotypical. Those things are, you know, maybe they're deemed as, oh, that's not masculine enough, or maybe that's feminine. But when you actually hear Black men doing it, there is something disarming about that. And so I, I found that it seems like the reaction to those things is is really one of the more significant reactions we get uh, in the room. Someone, someone said that the room has a and I'm uh, definitely paraphrasing, but restored some of her faith in black men. Um, and it, it hit home. And I, I, I think there is a certain um, mantle that we have as black men in the black community that sometimes maybe we run from or avoid or are not privy to because of what um, Fuck has just said. So in this space, um, I've seen in some of the DMs I've gotten, like I've never heard black men express like this or just have fun. Um, and, and it's and as much as it's disarming, it's also reassuring um, and reaffirming to some people. Um, and I, it's such an honor to be a part of of even just that, even building back some of the faith, some of the trust uh, or some of the building block of joy. You know, before we go into the readings. I have one more question. Can we talk about demon time? We sure can. What? We sure can talk about demon time. <laughs> Josh and Darian are the, they're our spokespersons for demon time. 
explain to me the concept behind Demon Time. For So for the people who have not listened yet, who are going to head over um, as soon as this podcast ends, what is Demon Time? So Demon Time is that magical hour when the clock strikes midnight at the behest of our producer, Pastor Bay. Um, not behest. Listen, we bring we bring. At the best, at, at the at the advice, at the advice, at the advising, I should say. But but in in, in all seriousness, um, Levon had a great point one night in that we were kind of going, we were kind of going from zero to a hundred and back to zero and back to a hundred. We were reading like Tank, then we were reading Baldwin, then we were reading Morrison, then we were reading uh, Drew Hill, and like going from people trying to be read to sleep to people trying to get a little hot and bothered. So there was a point in which we kind of said, this would probably be better to leave the raunchy, the explicit, the lewd, the lascivious, if you will, after midnight. And then we go all out. So yeah, demon time is that time. Everything is on the table, I should say, from Kia to D-Smoke to Cardi B to Meg Thee Stallion to Janet Jackson. And yes, and to Tank, yes, and to Tank. They definitely love Tank, yeah. We've heard a lot of things uh, during Demon Time. Some people uh, on stage sometimes slip and, and hit the, the unmute button, and we've heard a couple of things. We've heard some things. Have you heard people providing self-joy? Is that what we're referring to? No, no, they wrote some deep exhales. It, so- it sounded pretty joyful to me. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that one night that one was up there and she was like, y'all had to say, I want you over and over. Remember? And you had to stop and be like, and be like, okay, we did four rounds. Like, and Josh, you were like, how was that beloved? <laughs> and she was like, thank you. I'm in the group chat. Like, is she on stage masturbating? And Darian was like, God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. One of the things that I wanted to do for this um, this episode was to give my audience an example of what happens in Clubhouse. So is it okay if we get into some reading? Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you. So first up, I have Theo. And the request that I have for you is the aforementioned Song of Solomon, Chapter 4, 1 through 16. What a beautiful bride, he speaks. My darling, you are lovely. So very lovely. As you look through your veil, your eyes are those of a dove. Your hair tosses about as grateful, as gracefully as as a goat's coming down from Gilead. Your teeth are whiter than sheep freshly washed. They match perfectly. Not one is missing. Your lips are crimson cords. Your mouth is shapely. Behind your veil are hidden beautiful rosy cheeks. Your neck is more graceful than the Tower of David, decorated with a thousand warrior shields. Your breasts are perfect. They are twin deer feeding among lilies. I will hasten to those hills sprinkled with sweet perfume and stay there till sunrise. My darling, you are lovely in every way. My bride, together we will leave Lebanon. We will say goodbye to the peaks of mountain, Mount Amana, Snare, and Hermon, where lions and leopards live in caves. My bride, my very own, you have stolen my heart. With one glance from your eyes and the glow of your necklace, you have stolen my heart. Your love is sweeter than wine. The smell of your perfume is more fragrant than spices. 
Your lips are honeycomb, milk and honey flow from your tongue. Your dress has the aroma of cedar trees from Lebanon. My bride, my very own, you are a garden, a fountain closed off to all of the all others. Your arms are veined, covered with delicious fruits and all sorts of spices. Hannah, nard, and saffron, calamus, cinnamon, frankincense, myrrh, and aloes. All of the fine spices. You are a spring in the garden, a fountain of pure water, and refreshing stream from mountain Lebanon. She speaks. Let the north wind blow, the south wind too. Let them spread the aroma of my garden so that one I love may enter and taste its delicious fruits. May the Lord add a blessing to those who hear this delicious words. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> for, for a second, as 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 you were reading that last piece, I was like, Solomon said what? Oh, listen. Listen, the songs of Solomon could be very much well so demon time lyrics. Let me I was like, listen, listen. No, no, not, not even low key. Solomon loved, if he didn't love nothing else, he loved And here's a little known fact, but we're going to put the seminary degree to work. Some of Song of Solomon was actually written by an African woman. Because there are some verses where it's talking about my heaving breasts. So unless King Solomon had some double Ds, beloved, that was a woman yeah. talking. And it got attributed yeah. to him because he was such a dynamic Ooh, writer in his time. Theo, thank you. That was amazing. You are worthy. I love it when you say that. Darian, we have you up next. And the request was for a reading of a recipe for a double chocolate layer cake. <laughs> Come on, drizzle time, baby. Give it to him, baby. Give it to him, baby. I humbly request everyone who's hearing this, close your eyes right now as this man literally feeds us. I'm ready. Are y'all hungry? Then let's start with some ingredients. For the cake, one and three quarter cups of all-purpose flour, plus more for dusting. Two cups of sugar, three quarter cups of unsweetened cocoa powder, two teaspoons of baking soda, one teaspoon of baking powder, one teaspoon of kosher salt, one cup of buttermilk, half a cup of vegetable oil, two large eggs, one teaspoon of pure vanilla extract, and one cup of freshly brewed hot coffee. For the frosting, six ounces of semi-sweet chocolate, coarsely chopped, two sticks of unsalted butter at room temperature, one large egg yolk, one teaspoon of pure vanilla extract, one cup plus one tablespoon of confectioner sugar sifted and one tablespoon of instant coffee granules. Now, preheat the oven to 350 degrees. Butter two eight by two inch round cake pans and line them with parchment. Butter the paper. Dust the pans with flour, tapping out any excess. In the bowl of an electric mixer fitted with a paddle, mix the flour with the sugar, cocoa powder, baking soda, baking powder, and salt at low speed. In a bowl, whisk the buttermilk with the oil, eggs, and vanilla. Slowly beat the buttermilk mixture into the dry ingredients until just incorporated. Then slowly beat in the hot coffee until fully incorporated. Pour the batter into the prepared pans. Bake for 35 minutes or 
until a toothpick inserted in the center of each cake comes out clean. Let the cakes cool in the pans for 30 minutes, then invert the cakes onto a rack to cool. Peel off the parchment. For the frosting, in a microwave-safe bowl, heat the chocolate at high power in 30-second intervals, stirring until most of the chocolate is melted. Stir until completely melted, then set aside to cool. In the bowl of an electric mixer fitted with a paddle, beat the butter at medium speed until pale and fluffy. Add the egg yolk and vanilla and beat for one minute, scraping down the side of the bowl. At low speed, slowly beat in the confectioner's sugar about one minute. In a small bowl, dissolve the instant coffee in two teaspoons of hot water. Slowly beat the coffee and the cool chocolate into the butter mixture until just combined. Set a cake layer on a plate with the flat side facing up. Evenly spread one-third of the frosting over the cake to the edge. Top with the second cake layer, rounded side up, and spread the remaining frosting over the top and side of the cake. Refrigerate for at least one hour before slicing. Enjoy. Thank you. It's the, he said, granules. It was bold for me. I never heard the word granules. Wait, no. wait, wait. So, so y'all just going to miss, miss the whole part of beat the butter up? <laughs> when he gets to whisking, he gets to whisking. It was the yolk for me. I was like, yolk me up, shawty. Y'all are hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Veronica. Yes, ma'am. Are you ready to read for us? We have a request of you're all I need to get by. Do you think, baby? Shorty, I'm here for you anytime you need me. For real, girl. It's me in your world, believe me. Nothing make a man feel better than a woman. Queen with a crown that be down for whatever. There are few things that's forever, my lady. We can make war or make babies. Back when I was nothing, you made a brother feel like he was something. That's why I'm with you to this day, boo, no frontin'. Even when the skies were gray, you would rub me on my back and say, baby, it'll be okay. Now that's real to a brother like me, baby. Never, ever give my cootie away and keep it tight, aight? And I'ma walk these dogs so we can live. In, in a fatty crib with thousands of kids, word life, you don't need a ring to be my wife. Just be there for me and I'ma make sure we be living in effing lap, uh, lap of luxury. I'm realizing that you didn't have to funk with me, but you did. Now I'm going all out, kid, and I got mad love to give. You my nigga. Like sweet morning dew, I took one look at you, and it was plain to see you were my destiny. With you, I'll spend my time. I'll dedicate my life. I'll sacrifice for you, dedicate my life for you. I got to love Jones for your body and your skin tone. Five minutes alone, I'm ready on the bone. Plus, I love the fact that you got a mind of your own. No need to shop around. You got the good stuff at home. Even if I'm locked up north, you in the world, wrapped in three-fourths of cloth, never showing your stuff off, boo. It be true for me. For you, that's how it is. I be your Noah. You be my whiz. I'm your mister. You're my missus with hugs and kisses. Valentine cards and birthday wishes, please. Be on another level of planning, of understanding the bond between man and woman, a child, the highest elevation, because we above all that romance quip. Just show your love. I'm sick of police. Ha ha ha. Chiba chiba, y'all. You don't stop. Yeah, yeah. Cootie in the Takao. Chiba chiba, y'all. You don't stop. Yeah, yeah. Cootie in the chair. Takao. Chiba chiba, y'all. You don't stop. Yeah, yeah. Cootie in the chair. Takao. Mary J. Raw. Thank you. You're worthy. Ruckus, we have a request for Moody's Mood for Love. Yes, I got you. I got you. 
Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> boys and girls, give it up for the one and only. Ruckus. <laughs> Get him, my brother. Y'all funny. There I go. There I go. There I go. There I go. Pretty baby, you are the soul who snaps my control. Such a funny thing, but every time you're near me, I never can behave. You give me a smile and then I'm wrapped up in your magic. There's music all around me, crazy music, music that keeps calling me so very close to you, turns me a slave. Come and do with me any little thing you want to. Anything, baby. Just let me get next to you. Am I insane or do I really see heaven in your eyes? Bright as stars that shine up above you in the clear blue skies. How I worry about you. Just can't live my life without you. Baby, come here. Don't have no fear. Oh, is there a wonder why I'm really feeling in the mood for love? So tell me why. Stop to think about this weather, my dear. This little dream might fade away. <laughs> there I go, talking out of my head again. Oh, baby, won't you come and put our two hearts together? That would make me strong and brave. Oh, when we are one, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. If there's a cloud up above us, go on and let it rain. I'm sure our love together will endure a hurricane. Oh, my baby, won't you please let me love you and give me relief from this awful misery? What is all this talk about loving me, my sweet? I'm not afraid, not anymore, not like before. Don't you understand me? Now, baby, please pull yourself together. Do it soon. My soul's on fire. Come on and take me. I'll be what you make me, my darling, my sweet. Oh, baby, you make me feel so good. Let me take you by the hand. Come, let us visit out there in that new promised land. Maybe there we can find a good place to use a loving state of mind. I'm so tired of being without and never knowing what love's about. Ooh. Thank you. You're worthy. <laughs> Demetrius, is you all right? You all right over there? I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Right. I'm good. You sure? It's okay. It's, it's, getting not, it's, it's getting closer it's okay. to demon time. It's getting closer to demon time. It sounds like it's getting closer to demon time. Ruckus be doing that. So since we ain't got no transitional pieces, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the man, the lewd, the lascivious, the... The raunchy. The, the, the raunchy. Almost damn near pornographic. Yes, yes, Lord. So here is Mr. Josh on he yes. comes all the way he hails from New York. He is six three with the pink polo. Sometimes does the silhouette challenge. Have you all seen him in the silhouette challenge? If you haven't, please check the brother out. Here is Josh with back that thing up. Brother Theo, we gotta back that ass up, good brother. It's demon time. There's no censoring going on. The red lights is on, the cigar is lit, and we're about to do our thing. As as a, as the great Rihanna once said, look, sticks and stones may break my bones, but chains and whips excite oh. me. So cash money taking over for the 9-9 nine, nine and the 2000. Girl, you working with some ass, yeah. Yeah, you bad, yeah. Make a nigga spend his cash, yeah, his last, yeah. Hoes frown when you pass, yeah. They mad, yeah. He gonna ride in the Jag, yeah, with dad, yeah. You can smoke or buy a bag, yeah, a grass, yeah. Got money, I confess, yeah, and trash, yeah. I'm a big time a nigga, yeah, pulling trigger, yeah. A player here to flip with, yeah. Go ahead and feel it. I'll be slinging wood, yeah, off the hood, yeah. Let it be understood, yeah. It's all good, yeah. 
Got a nigga screaming large, yeah, on the hard, yeah. A smooth ghetto broad, yeah. I want the broad, yeah. A nigga do a trick, yeah, on the dick, yeah. You claiming you want a bitch, yeah, that ain't shit, yeah. The nigga with the money, yeah, don't act funny, yeah. Got birds and I'm running, yeah, about a hundred, yeah. Girl, you looks good. Won't you back that ass up? You's a fine motherfucker. Won't you back that ass up? Call me Big Daddy when you back that ass up. Girl, who is you playing with? Back that ass up. Girl, you looks good. Won't you back that ass up? He's a fine motherfucker. Won't you back that ass up? Girl, who is you playing with? Back that ass up. He's a fine motherfucker. Won't you back that ass up? You got a stupid ass, yeah. Make me laugh, yeah. Make a nigga want to grab that or to graft that. I'm sweating on the draws, yeah. Oh, Lord, yeah. Want to walk it like a dog, yeah, and break you off, yeah. Get mine, you going to get yours, yeah, that's for sure, yeah. You fucking with my nerves, yeah, to the curb, yeah. I know you women know, yeah, and it's show, yeah. But a nigga got some more, yeah, and I'm about to flow, yeah. Fresh bought the shit, yeah, and it's click, yeah. We be making hit, yeah, after hit, yeah. Them titties sitting nice, yeah, I want to bite, yeah. I can fuck you right, yeah, all night, yeah. Want to bring you to my house, yeah, on the couch, yeah. Knock the pussy out, yeah, get the mouth, yeah. I want to see the women, yeah, bend it low, yeah. Let me run it in the hole, yeah, let me know, yeah. Girl, you looks good once you back that ass up. You's a fine motherfucker once you back that ass up. Call me Big Daddy when you back that ass up. Girl, who is you playing with? Back that ass up. Girl, you looks good when you back that ass up. You's a fine motherfucker when you back that ass up. Call me Big Daddy when you back that ass up. Girl, who is you playing with? Back that ass up. I know you can't stand it. Dick banded. Done landed. See your draws handed. We can go get it, y'all. Gang split it, y'all. Put shorty in the wall and I hit it, y'all. Looking kind of lonely. I'm feeling horny. Put the dick in the middle like Moni. Big, thick, plumber chick and a hummer chick. Beat the dick like a motherfucking drummer chick. Hit that putty cat. Look at that. I love a fucking hoodie rack. That's a fact. Use a motherfucking get it, girl. Quit it, girl. I'm the nigga. The nigga nigga. That hit it, girl. Now. Now, 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 after you, back it up, then stop. Then what, what, just, just drop like it's hot. Now, now, after you, back it up, then stop. Now, drop and drop, 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 drop like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop, drop it like it's hot. C and B, make you drop it like it's hot. Girl, you look good. When you back that ass up, you's a fine motherfucker once you back that ass up. Call me Big Daddy when you back that ass up. Oh, who's you playing with? Back that ass up. Girl, you looks good when you back that ass up. He's a fine motherfucker when you back that ass up. Call me Big Daddy when you back that ass up. Girl, who is you playing with? Back that ass up. Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> you back it up, then. It took me so. It took everything me to not bust it out. <laughs> Why? Why did you try not to do it? That's hilarious. I was trying so hard, yo. You did so good. I had my tongue sticking out in the beginning. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, gentlemen. I love this. And I know my audience, the listeners are going to love it as much as I do. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. You're worthy. I'm sure we're happy to be a part. Demetri, do you still have those braces on your I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yes, are, you, are you are you are you pitching woo on a job? <laughs> Give me the deets on the Valentine's Day show. Where can um, people tune in? Sunday, February fourteenth, for better or for worse, Valentine's Day is here, beloved. So join us on Instagram Live at eight oh eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to follow all the fellas and me. You're gonna get to see them in real time while they're chopping it up, and of course, they're gonna read to us. So come spend some time with us. And what's that Instagram page they can follow? At Bearded Black Men Read. Love it. This is one of my favorite interviews. Thank you so much to the Bearded Black Men Who Read and their producer, LaVon, for coming on the show. That made me 
happy in many ways. <laughs> Next up, we have another treat. I've already told you who he is and why he's here. You know what? You don't want to hear me. You want to hear him. Welcome Omar Wilson to Ratchet and Respectable. Hello. Hello. How are you? Oh, uh, Demetria. Demetria, how are you doing? I'm great. Good afternoon. It's very great to talk to you. Oh, it's amazing to speak to you as well. And I definitely appreciate all the love and support, man. It's been a long time coming. I owe you an apology. Okay. Because you've been in the game for a really long time. You've got mixtapes on mixtapes, singles, features. You've got a whole catalog of music. And unfortunately for me, I did not know who you were until mm. I heard Secret Garden. Thank God. You know, well, you know what I think is... I think it's, it's it's been that's it's been that way for me for a minute. You know, I've kind of been like the enigma, or I always like use the um, terminology like uh, uh, Tarzan of R and B because I feel like I was thrust into the jungle. They left me out there to to uh, really not make it back, but you know, perseverance, hard work, dedication, and belief in yourself. You know, those, those lions and tigers and bears became my friends, and I made it out the jungle and. I feel like now it's my time. I'm just very thankful of, you know, uh, Sean Stockman, Cisco, and Raheem Devon allowing this record to really start to propel me to superstardom so I could finally give the people what I've been working so hard to give them, and that's my soul, you know? Well, you delivered. On this podcast, we talk a lot about perseverance. How do you keep going for, like, 20 years? Like, you know that you're a great singer. You know you, you're a great songwriter. You have the emotion. You have the passion. You have the drive. But it's just not popping off for you. Because a lot of people would have quit and gone and got a government job with good benefits. Right. And it's crazy that you say that because I was, I was a school teacher. I worked as a school teacher for a number of years. I worked at a behavioral modification school. And I was actually great at that, just, you know, dealing with the youth, you know, because I've done my knucklehead thing in the past so I could really um, um, understand what they were going through. But I think for me, I, I started out doing this because of a voice in my head like that, was tell that told me that I had something special. And I always believed in that voice. You know, when I would perform, I would get the response. I would take meetings. I've had meetings at every label on the planet. And I just had to see it through to the end and to, to create a new beginning. There never was a time where I ever thought of giving up or these days wouldn't come. I just didn't know it would take this long. Well, now people know your name. They know your face. They know your songs. And they know you as the Black Sinatra. Where did you get that right. name from? Right. Uh, the Black Sinatra actually was a name given to Sam Cooke uh, mm. initially. Uh, and, uh, I, of course, I, I covered uh, Sam Cooke's Change Gonna Come and Frank Sinatra, you know, being a cat that did it his own way and was one of the greatest voices as well. I felt like, you know, it was only right. And it would be another thing to make some people respect. And some people say, you know, how dare you? Who does he think he is to hold himself in that light? But in this life, either you create the precedent for yourself and, and live up to it or someone else will. And when someone else does, it'll never be what you thought about yourself. You know, this is our Valentine's Day episode. So I need to ask you, how do you like to be loved? What does love look like for you? Mm, I think love is, is, is unconditional. Um, it's, it, there's no time frame on it. Uh, uh, it's, it's passionate, you know, it's forgiveness, it's understanding, it's camaraderie, it's having someone's back, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's love. It's love, there is no boundaries. That's the one thing that, that stands the test of time and can really heal the world. So I think love is the most powerful, not only word, but thing on the planet when you have somebody that gives you uh, that feeling. I love it. Do you have a Valentine? Right now, my, my Valentine is uh, is you. Oh. You know what I'm saying? And my, you're my Valentine. Oh, well, you know, for, for, for For taking the time out to reach out and and understand and do the research on me to see how much I put in to be able to sing songs to ladies like yourself and, and make y'all smile and feel special. So thank you for being my Valentine. I'm honored. Thank you so much. You have a, a single coming out for Valentine's Day. Right. Well, that's, that's off my uh, my current album, Living Legend. Uh, my new album, uh, Omar Wilson Sings the Classics, will be coming out in, in April. Okay. Will you come back to sing a classic for us in April when your new album comes out? 
that would be amazing. And I mean, if possible, I would love to do it in person just to make it even that much more uh, uh, special. Because that's one thing that I've always loved is, you know, giving the energy and getting the energy from the people. So definitely looking forward to interaction again. You know, it was singing and recording and all that is, is amazing. But it's nothing like being on stage and giving the emotion and getting it back and just connecting with the people. What is that energy like on stage? It's a roller coaster ride, you know what I'm saying? Because I've seen so many different um, perspectives of it. There's, there's been times where I've sung songs that people didn't know and they just sit there and look at you. There's times where, they, where they're so caught in the emotion of the song that they're not even moving and you might think that they're they're not in tune, but they're really just uh, 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 really uh, uh, just soaked up with the vibe. So uh, the... That's what keeps, I, I personally think what keeps performers wanting to keep keep doing it is it's always a brand new emotion. You know, it's kind of like like love making. You know, it's never the same, you know, er, 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 well, it shouldn't be at least. The, it, the shouldn't same. Be. it should be. <laughs> Mix <experience>. it up. <laughs> it should be a different experience every time. So that, that, that's what it is for me. It's always brand new. It always feels like I'm going to get some type of something different that I didn't last time. I love it. Were you intimidated at all to do Secret Garden? I feel like Secret Garden is like one of those sacred classics that like nobody touches and like you touched right. it. But were you intimidated right. when they came to you and were like, hey, we want you to get on this verse? Well, well, actually, the song is the song was my idea. It's, it's, it's my my single. The, the, sing, the, the Secret Garden is the first single off of my classics album. I had been through so much in the game. I felt like, you know, what is it going to take for people to really see? Uh, my talent and what I bring to the table. So to me, it was an honor more of than than intimidated uh, by it. it was how uh, tackling another mountain. It was you know climbing to the top of Mount Everest and playing that flag. So, and and, it's an, and, I, and I'm definitely blessed that the record came out the way it did. You know, shout out to my label BSE. You know, and everything they did to make sure that the track was what it is and. It's just a beautiful thing to have professionals like yourself give me the confirmation that we did a did a job well done. Oh no, it was a job well done. I uh, I posted the video. Your specifically your um your part your your what's the word your verse on my Instagram yeah. page, and um oh. all my readers were like, "Who is this man?" <laughs> I will be reposting that on my gram now that you have made me aware of that. Yes, Thank please God. do, please do. Yeah. Um, and you got one more song to serenade us with. It's um like aforementioned. Sounds that you make. I love the sounds that you make when we're making love. I love the sounds that you make when we're making love. Ooh, I love the sounds that you make when we're making love. Girl, I want you. I want you, baby. I want you, baby. Omar. Yes, ma'am. Woo! Don't yes, ma'am, me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I, def, I definitely appreciate you, my lady. You're very, very welcome. And where can my listeners, if they want to pick up that that single, where can they? Where can they? Hear it, watch it, see it. Where can they get this from you? Oh, it will be available on all streaming platforms. Uh, you just type in Omar Wilson sounds that you make, uh, as well as my current album, Living Legend. Um, uh, for social media wise, you know, uh, on Instagram is Omar Wilson one, uh, Facebook and Twitter is just Omar Wilson, or you could just Google Omar Wilson Secret Garden. A lot of amazing things like this interview will pop up. And is there a video to accompany this song? Because we like to hear you. But we also like to look at you. Oh, there's definitely a, a video to Secret Garden and the video to Sounds That You Make. We'll, uh, we're in the process of shooting now. So look forward to a lot of chocolate and sexy and chest and all that. Now. Oh, we taking the shirt off this time? I think the shirt might come on. OK, well, I look forward to this, Omar. Make, make sure your people send me a link to that. <laughs> Why not release the shirt for the ladies? I mean, you know what? I can't send you chocolates like right now, so I'll just be I'll just be chocolate for you. How about that? <laughs> That'll do. I'll take it <laughs> gladly. <laughs> you know, and let, let, let's just let's definitely just play the next time we can do this in person. Just want to let everybody out there know, man. No matter how long it takes, you can make it. Um, the, the personification of it. 
Thank you so much. And happy Valentine's Day to you. Oh, happy Valentine's Day to you too, my love. Suddenly I'm not so exhausted anymore. I have all the energy. All the energy. Omar Wilson has all the energy. My God. I swear, like, this is one of those days where I'm just like, I can't believe this is my life. Like, you, I could just wake up one day and be like, I think I want to have the singer on my favorite song, Serenade Me, for Valentine's Day. It's a good life. It's a good life. Anyway, happy Valentine's Day to everyone listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And we will speak again on Tuesday. Okay. Have a great weekend. Bye.